Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. I'm Ryan. I'm Ian. And on this episode, we, of course, will be talking about games that we've been thinking about doing, playing. And this episode's topic, Ryan, do you want to hit us up with this one? Sure. We're going to go into pretend land. And, <laughs> and, 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 and uh, we're going to talk about games that we want to play from each other's collections. Of course, when we actually can get back to playing games together. Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They're the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories, amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And welcome back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going to go straight into thinking, doing, playing board games. And uh, Ryan, this is my favorite IP by far. Please Mm -hmm. share with us what you got. No, absolutely. So um, people will not know this about me, but I am right now in self-quarantine because I had, um, I've been in close contact with a person who has tested positive. (laughs) So I'm kind of like all hanging out all by myself. So I've been kind of doing the, uh, trying to figure out some solo gaming that I could possibly do. So I, um, I have access to the Star Wars Unlock game. So the Unlock series is kind of like the Exit series that we've talked about in the past, but the Unlock is, it's just a deck of cards and an app you have to use. And the deck of cards, you don't destroy anything. That's just going to have a whole bunch of little clues on them and things that you have to combine together. And then the app controls like, oh, once you figured out a code, you're going to have to enter it into the app or something like, or something like that. Or the app will have some sort of little mini game for you to, uh, to play through. And I've been a big fan of the Unlock series. They're really well done. I really enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. And then they came up with an actual like IP themed version, which was the Star Wars one, which <gasps> yeah. I will have to say, if you like puzzles and you like Star Wars, which I know I think that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> is, is you. Right up, right up <laughs> Ian's alley. Um, you're gonna you're in for a real treat. I've played I played all three scenarios. Uh, that come inside the box, and they are all very uh, well done. The first one, which is the um, Escape from Hoth, which you are just reenacting the um, very beginning of Empire Strikes mm-hmm. Back, that whole Hoth um, uh, scenario. Um, but they do they do really well. They integrated the Unlock series very good. Um, the puzzle-solving aspect of that one isn't... Um, 
as high, I would say it's very easy um, level um, puzzle solving just to kind of work your way through that scenario. Like you get an hour to do this. And I think I did that one in like by myself, I did it in like just over 20 minutes to get through that. But, but that's also because I know the plot line of Empire Strikes Back and that whole Hoth. Hoth I kind of knew kind of some of the things that I was looking for, which is kind of neat. Okay. Uh, the second scenario, um, I'm blanking on the name of it as of right now, but it is not a, um, it's not, it's not a Star Wars story, but it's kind of like takes place in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Where you are um, trapped aboard an Imperial cruiser and you are trying to escape from it so you cool. are breaking out of your cell and you have to find some people that are going to help you get um get off the imperial cruiser and make your way make make your way free this one was what i wanted in the first scenario because this one has also good puzzles lots of great puzzles little really good mini games to um for for it and <laughs> there, there's one aspect of it too where um you encounter oh i don't know how spoiler should i get no don't spoil anything this, yeah, yeah. Is, this is brand new so you if you are a star wars person like us you'll encounter something and you will know exactly what that something is supposed to do so a star trek <laughs> fan and the answer is annoy you no sorry but because i because i knew that i actually jumped to the end of the game and I didn't have all the stuff that I needed to escape with because I had oh. jumped. I had jumped so far ahead. I was like, "Oh, I had to go back and rewind." Yeah, it was actually really kind of funny. I was like, "Oh, I wasn't actually supposed to do that yet." Yeah. Hmm, <laughs> I missed something here. The second scenario, though, I do have to do a I'll do a warning that there is one puzzle that you do need more than one person to play <laughs> because it was essentially. Um, I just got the answer for free because I was playing it solo, ah, okay. which, which, which was not, uh, not as fun, but I do it, uh, like what they kind of did. And then the third scenario, um, uh, something about Jedha. Uh, oh, you, you are, you're, you're Imperial trying to protect your cave, the Kyber crystals that you're harvesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was very good, very puzzly, very adventure themed. Um, I'm not going to go more than that because that one, Oh, I, I don't think I can describe that one without spoilers. Yeah. I think that was that the one was uh, Rogue One, one of the Rogue One settings. Yeah. yeah, It was, yeah. Yeah. I just watched that this weekend. Oh, that's one of my faves. Cool. So what's, Anyways, your, uh, what's your roundabout impressions of this? Very well done. I want to see them tackle more, more um, IP themes, like I mentioned on our um, thing. I want them to do X-Files next. <laughs> <laughs> Right I think it would blend itself very well. But yes, um, I will definitely pass this one on to you guys because I think, especially Ian, you're going to get a lot out of this one. It's Sweet. very cool done. Right and then Norm, I, just because you're a Star Wars nerd like <laughs> us, you have to try it. Okay. Well, well, I think yeah. that's Wizard, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So that was... Um... Star Wars Unlocked by Space Cowboys, I believe is the company. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to jump into some uh, some uh, Uwe Rosenberg. I'm going to n- talk about New York Zoo. Now, uh, I'm going to talk about the game. I can't really talk about the gameplay yet because I haven't gotten there yet. I just picked this up a couple days ago. And uh, 
um, uh, it, it what appealed to me right away was the artwork, the cover was so uh, um, uh, attracting to me. And, and uh, um, so that got my attention right away. And I saw it was a Rosenberg. So I flipped it over and looked at it and read through it and um, obviously picked it up. And um, it is, and, and prior to us starting the, uh, the recording tonight, I was talking to Ryan about it. And I adore uh, patchwork when it came out. And, uh, and my perspective on patchwork is that um, uh, when it came out and, and the proof of concept proved to be successful about the polyominoes building this pattern or, or filling in this, this pattern, right? Um, that uh, Rosenberg went on to do, uh, you know, I mean, I think every game after that had that uh, polyomino aspect to it. And uh, so this to me is kind of full circle coming back to Patchwork because the, the in Patchwork, you move this piton around this, I would call it a rondelle, right? Um, the same kind of concept in New York Zoo where you're moving an elephant around a rondelle that has three functions to it. One function is... Um, that you're going to select one or or two of the breeds present in that category that you your zoo acquires um, one of I think five or six different breeds or animals, and uh, so that's one of the spaces. And another one of the spaces is um, pick up a bay uh, uh, like a cage bay, and that's where the polyomino tiles come in, and they're and they're stacked in an order of progression. Um, uh, so the larger ones are on the top, and as you're getting to the bottom where you want to fill out little spaces, um, they get smaller. So progressively, uh, the game uh, uh, patterns start to fit the depth of the game. And the third one um, uh, uh, option in this rondelle is reproduction. You trigger, of course, it's a zoo, right? You're trying to, and I love the concept that you're making attempts to populate these species and each speed there's uh, three or four migration points that uh, affect different species so the gist of the game is you pick up these tiles okay so the objective is it's a race whoever fills out their zoo property first wins the game now how you do that you get these these closure tiles um, of animal closures and then you put animals in them now every time you populate you have to basically once you it's like uh, your classic um, uh, ticket to ride right you cash in a set of so if I have a, um, a five or six space pen of flamingos the moment that I complete that set my bonus is I, I take all of the flamingos out because I will ship them off to other zoos right I, I have the ability to retain one and put it into the uh, interior houses. And my reward is I get to go to these bonus tiles that are space hogs. And there's only a certain amount, like a big Ferris wheel will occupy, you know, a sixth of the, the territory that you have to fill in on your board. So I, I am just excited to sit down and put this one to practice because I I'm everything is triggering in my head that this is gonna be a real cool game so what do you guys think it has it flamingo meeples <laughs> <laughs> we know what's important to Ian <laughs> no this is actually a I, this is one that I went back and forth on when um, pre-orders kind of came out for it. I was wondering if I was going to get Jeff to get kind of like pre-order this one for us. I made the decision that I had lots of poly domino, mm -hmm. polyomino types of games already, but 
I don't know. It just seems like it kind of tries to do a, something a little bit different, but I have lots of polyomino. Yeah. See, and I don't have that already. many. I think I only have patchwork, right? So I, I've got I've got two of Rosenberg's. Yeah. Um, I've got patchwork and I've got uh, Feast for Odin. Oh, you've taken it to the extreme ends of the spectrum in regards to how <laughs> that is applied. Simple yeah. and extremely well, you have complex. Bear Park too, Ryan, and Baron Park, yeah. Which is not only that, but That's... it's also animals. Right, but that one wasn't wasn't a Rosenberg. That one no, was. But uh, it's... I like That's what I first thought of when Norm was talking about this. Mm -hmm, I, I, mm -hmm. the, um, I think what intrigues me is the set collecting aspect of it. And then you trigger uh, a reward event that accelerates this race, right? So, yeah. No, I, I'm, I mean, I'll let you guys, I'll play it and I'll come back again and do part two of this and let you guys know what I think. Because, uh, I mean, for me, it could be, yay, I found a really cool implementation of this straightforward mechanism or it could be, oh, I have just the same game with a different theme and, and a little bit, you know, a bigger engine maybe, you know. So I, I meant I, I'm open to whatever result happens with this. What, what's also very important is that it's made by our friends at Capstone Games. Yeah. Or starts brought in. Brought yeah, in, published, yeah, yeah. brought in, and published by Capstone. And it's published, I think, in, in, in Germany by Führerland Spiel. I think I'm yeah, that sounds about partner, right. Sir. They have a partnership. They <laughs> yeah. have a partnership. So cool. That was uh, New York Zoo. If you like your polyomino um, uh, patchwork kind of style stuff, Ian, I'm curious. What do you got? Well, uh, I mean, I haven't played a physical board game in a long time, but we, the three of us, did get together to play some Kingdom Builder online. That's right. Mm hmm. And it or got me thinking, arena. yeah, and it got me thinking about Kingdom Builder. And I, I, I kind of discovered something about myself playing that game. <laughs> so, because Kingdom Builder, for those who don't know, you're flipping over a card and it tells you what terrain you're going to build on. And then you have your little houses and you're basically trying to spread them out across the board. Uh, but the, the key is that there's three, every game's got three different scoring opportunities at the end of the game that the goals that everybody's going for and i realized that i just don't really like going for those goals i just want to get my stuff on the board and <laughs> but then you're not getting points so you have to go for the goals and i wonder like because i i've played some complicated games i'm terra mystica is one of my favorite games and there's lots going on there but I just can't be bothered to think of the strategy when I'm doing Kingdom Builder. And I wonder why that is. Is it because it comes across as such a light game that I I just don't want to put the effort into it? I don't know. I I no okay, this whatever you're proposing to us has got me complexed because of course that's all I ever look at when it comes to like a game like Kingdom Builder. How do I score the points? That's what I gotta do. And that's what that's all. I usually always focus on is what are the ways to score the points? How do I do that? Yeah, I think uh, I'm the same way with Kingdom Builder. I always look at what the goals are, and then I look at the map with the bonus stuff. That, and I go, that's How literally do I the dots properly. Because that's literally the game of yeah. Kingdom Builder is how do you put your pieces onto the board that's going to best meet those 
uh, three requirements. I think what it comes to is because you get those cool special tiles, right? If you yeah. build by the special places, you get the tiles that will do so you can like jump spaces and yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. Those. You do. Yeah. And then, and so you got to, and that's what draws me to the game because I think that's all cool. And because you got to figure out how you can best optimize using those to tie it back to the scoring. Yeah. But when we were playing it online, I was just like, doing whatever <laughs> i didn't want to i didn't want to think it through i didn't want to think well, about how best to use those tiles here's the question to you then is is it because of the game or is it because of the interface like do you play that game that's a good now, point. thinking back do you play it differently if there's a tactile if there's if it's this dimensional quality in, out in front of you or is it just one i mean is it that brain's like i'm staring at a screen and my brain goes into dodge caravan mode and i'm a mouth breather right that could be it it could be the fact that it's online yeah because i can't i can't quite remember the last time i played it or is it just the fact that you just got decimated well that's very <laughs> true <laughs> i i'm only just saying this because i like i mopped the floor like with you 60 guys. to yeah, 35 true. to 34 or something like that yeah. yeah it was something ridiculous like that yeah but I just kept playing. I was like, I didn't even remember at points what the scoring things were. And I have to keep going back to look. I'm like, oh, what are we scoring? For? Oh, right, rows this time or columns. And then, or and then you also made a comment or like, oh, right. Once somebody runs out of houses, the game's over. Yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. And the powers, the powers that you guys had that were different than mine was that you were depleting houses from your stock where mine were were movement bonuses like the the yeah. i had a couple horses and then i finally went and i was looking at the total going oh man i'm gonna have like and i ended up having 12 guys just sitting you know in my uh in my I head you, i had two yeah i had two of the special tiles that let me put two extra houses down yeah um every round so my yeah. my supply got depleted you oh, pretty fast. Out. See, you blame us for stepping on the gas, man. You had your two feet on that accelerator. <laughs> hey, hey, that was my only bright spot uh, that night because then yeah. I got decimated in my the game that I'm absolutely the worst at, which is King Domino. Oh, I've right. never won a I've never won a game of King Domino. <laughs> I'm horrible at it. Uh, yeah, so that one's a pretty side. That one's very straightforward. That game. <laughs> But so did you now Kingdom Builder on Board Game Arena? Is that something that you're gonna recommend or something that you're like, ah, it's better in person? I mean, it's hard to recommend King Build Kingdom Builder because it gets so much flack, right? Like <laughs> a lot of people will rag on that game a lot. I I like it because I like those those neat little additions to it. Um a lot of people don't like that you flip over one card and then you have no choice. That's where you gotta build. Yeah. Uh, but I'm fine with it. I think it's a quick, easy game that I like. Well, that's part of the strategy that you try not to block yourself in. Yeah, and exactly. You want to make sure that you can fill in an area quickly so that you can jump over to another area. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love Kingdom Builder. Um, just the base game itself is so variable. Oh, yeah. You're never going to play the same game of Kingdom Builder twice. Yeah. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, 
miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on 8th Street in Saskatoon. And we are back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. And the topic for this episode is our top games that we want to play from each other's collections. And um, uh, Ryan, Ian, who would like to go first? Well, let's, uh, sorry, or should I don't we know how we're doing this. Are, do we, want, are we tackling one person's at a time? Like, are I we going to go after Ryan's and then I you think and me? We'll, um, yeah, we'll do turns <laughs> like we do on our top lists. And um, well, I'll, well, how about this? I'll start off by giving my, my approach to, to uh, my, I always got to do a strategy. So for me, I'm keep, I told you guys I'm keeping a secret. And then I'm going to start off by saying uh, who, well, whose collection it's from. Uh, who the designer is, and then I'll give you guys a little bit of time to process and go, oh, yeah, I think I know the game. And then I'm going to obviously say the game. And then, uh, and then, of course, the most important thing is why this one? And <laughs> Ryan, uh, okay, so for those who don't know, um, for me, picking was kind of like, holy moly, going from, a, from a, a one shelf to a library because Ian's got a tight collection of under 150 and I think Ryan's looking at 150 in the rearview mirror about five years ago. <laughs> um, I think I think the total of my collection is your two collections put together. Yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, hey, are we were we supposed to order these? Are these in did order? We don't, no, there's not necessarily. It's just like you could. Oh, see, I, I can put, do I, it. I, I, I put, put mine. I put mine in order. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll well, do it. I'll I, just do it on I, the ranked, fly. I ranked okay, mine. Well, hey, giving you some time, I'll start us off, and then I'll pass to Ryan, and then by the time I guess to Ian, you'll have this one dialed in. So I'm going to start off um, with an honorable mention, okay? And I don't know that's cheating a bit, but I, this one you guys will appreciate the fact that uh, it's in both your collections, and it's um, it's Village by, uh, by uh, Inca and Marcus Brand. And, yeah, um, you would really enjoy this one. Yeah, I think you would like it. I, I've, I mean, I've got Murano. I love Murano. And then every time I mention that, Ryan, right away, you're like, well, have you played this? And and I think, Ian, you've done the same thing, saying you must try this one, right? You got to do it. So that's my number 11, okay? Now, let's uh, let's do the format here with uh, with the, the way that I suggested. I'm going to get my little screens here happening. Um, so my number 10 is from both your collections. Oh, okay. I think both your collections, if I recall correctly. And the designer is uh, Simone Luciani and Danielle Tashini. I know it. What is it? What do you think I'm you, talking you, about? You, you want to be playing some Zolkin. I want to play some Zolkin. Okay. Because uh, this this design duo, I think that's one of you, Ryan. That's one of your favorite design duos, I believe. Because I think there's a trilogy oh, yeah. in there. Oh yeah, the now, uh, the Italian yeah. mafia. Now I think I can respect. I can now respect, absolutely without deniability, respect Ian's um, uh, rules of you don't start a trilogy at number three. So if I'm gonna play this perceived trilogy, I got to start with this one and I haven't, and I love the, I love the, uh, the theme. Um, I love the fact that there's this big funky cog on the board and it's worker placement. So check, 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 check. I, I need to play this game. It's got definitely one of the coolest board game components 
I think, <laughs> ever created in the interlocking gear wheels. Um, this is definitely the most elegant, I think, of the designs of the quote-unquote T series. Yeah. Yeah, you have to uh, play this one. And it's available on like Board the, Game Arena. I just think you'll like the puzzle of... Uh of trying to time out everything, time all your oh, actions out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, I think and I like love, that. I, I suck at it, but I love efficiency engines. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, cool. Yeah. So that's my, no, I don't want to go too long on this. That's my number 10. So I, the, with approval, I think mm -hmm. you guys would okay. be happy to teach me this game. Cause that's Absolutely. part of that component too. It's games from that, that is like, okay, you need and to. I'm and I'm still exploring strategies that I haven't even tried yet in that game. And I've <laughs> cool. played it a bunch. Cool. All right. Uh, my number 10 is a game from Ian's collection. Okay. Um, it was designed in 1990. And it has, wow. a board, it has a board game rank of 1,390. Do you know what I'm talking this, about, design, Ian? Designed by who? Uh, Darwin Bromley. Uh, Stephen Cortiamonkey, oh, Larry Rosnani, Euro Rails. You've been yeah. talking about this lately uh, oh, a bunch, yeah. a bunch of times, and I, it's just got me that that intrigued to to try it. I, I like I like the concept. I like the fact that you're physically drawing on the board every time because you said what crayons. Yep. Is this yeah, one? It's, got, a, that it's got an erasable board. Yeah. You can wipe it off. Yeah. It's that, that's really, it sounds really cool. Um, route building. It's got something, got a lot of things that I, I just, just have to try this one at least once. That's why you it's got, at number 10. You got to expect though, that it is a little old fashioned based on what you're used to, but. Well, it's made in 1990. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Cool. It's, yeah. That's 30 years old now. It's got to, it's yeah, going to be dated, but I, well, one, why it's one of your favorites. I have to, uh, I have to see it in person. Okay. Cool. Cool. Ian. Okay. Uh, I took this from Norms and Ooh. I decided to go with uh, Uwe Rosenberg game I have not played. Oh. Um, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the pile now. Which I believe is kind of the third of his first trilogy, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, it's Bora and Labora. Yeah. Because I love Agricola and I love Lahav, and it feels like this is the one that kind of ties those together, and I want to mm. give it a go. I've heard a lot about it. The uh, I've I've played it once uh, about a, two years ago. Yeah, and I, you know what? That's one of those ones. It's like, yee, of course, I'd love to play that one again. Uh, it's that whole agriculture uh, theme stuff. Uh, this one, I believe, is. Uh, uh, monasteries in France uh, and I and Ireland, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, your monks just making making produce. <laughs> I don't want this wanna... one. This one goes on an honorable mention on my list, only because I think that I want to pick it up for myself at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of the things that I really enjoy in a euro. Yeah. The, so I think uh, it has beer, so that's good. It, it, it does. Like beer. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the Rosenberg stuff, if you like the Euro, um, this is, I mean, we, we had talked about him uh, in the earlier segment with his, with his uh, 
with his patchwork stuff, with his um, polyomino stuff. And and I think he did a good run with the agricultural themed games, right? Like as you mentioned, Agricola. Oh, for sure. uh, and uh, uh, what's the, uh, uh, um, I, no, something up, Isle of Sky. No, I just say Isle of Skies, but there's another, uh, no. there's another uh, agriculture game that's not coming to the top of my head. I'm so embarrassed. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to, to run you through this game. Excellent. Um, we're at me, number nine. Um, number nine is from Ian's collection. And uh, let me see. It is uh, it's, uh, 2019. It is designed by Richard Keane. Mm -hmm. And Ian, do you know what I'm talking about? Does it involve uh, people running and screaming and roaring? Roar! Dynagenics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I uh the um the for Ryan, what's the first one? Is it Dinosaur Island? Dinosaur Island was yes. the one that came out around the same time. I've seen people playing this one. It it looked interesting and never drew me in. And then when you guys did your head-to-head -head review on these two games, everything that Ian was talking about was was more intriguing to me than what I had witnessed. Uh, I think Adam was playing it Friday night at uh, Amazing Stories. And uh, I mean, I thought, oh, yeah, cool. This is kind of novel. This is, you know, interesting. And it's very Euro. And it's, I can see how the, everything is the interconnectedness of everything. But when, Ian, you were starting to talk up Dinogenics, and then <laughs> that I think you basically kind of started pulling Ryan to your, sort of your side um, uh, with the, how the gameplay works and how the, the, uh, it's, it's different but different in a better way. So, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't turn down doing an evening of, you know, compare and contrast and play both of them. But if I had to pick between the two dinosaur themed stuff, because I don't, I think I have maybe one dinosaur game and it's for the kids. <laughs> so, yeah. Dinogenics. Well, I sent out, did you see I sent out something to you where they're actually putting it on sale again? Yeah, they're going to be, uh, re they're going to be releasing their, um, extra copies yeah i think because there's no conventions happening where they mm -hmm. would normally have sold these yeah. so i think they're putting them up for sale Surplus on their stock. website on their own website so i think they're just trying to get together to get their web store um up and running and then they're yeah. going to release it it's amazing how fast e-commerce is getting done for people <laughs> yeah, isn't that no the kidding yeah it only takes a world pandemic <laughs> <laughs> All right, so speaking, uh, yeah, okay, my number nine, pandemic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, uh, my number nine is coming from Norm's list. Ooh. It is uh, a 2016 release designed by Tim Pulls and published by Lookout Games. And oh. the little and the little description on Board Game Geek says. Build your village in this epic generation-spanning resource management game. I'm so going to have to say The Colonist. I want to play some of The Colonists. Yeah. And it looks so cool. And the fact that it has that um, Twilight Imperium length type of gameplay. And that they could talk, what does it say? could take like six to eight hours mm -hmm. to play oh. through if you want if you want to play all the generations from generation yeah. one through generation four yeah yeah but That's this one sold. also has 
and and that's that's also has like you could just like you know just play the first two generations mm-hmm. if you wanted to you and could, that yeah, would pick be and a choose whatever game. you want to do yeah absolutely so um, again yeah. it's got a lot of that stuff of of the euroness that i really like in games resource management um long-term planning strategy work it's a worker placement it's yeah. yes it's a worker placement but it's basically i mean like uh like the rosenberg stuff you have like one maybe two workers right mm-hmm. pawns that you're moving around this this village that starts to grow and you're adding things and as as the ge- yeah, generational starts, yeah oh yeah it starts small and then it gets really really large by the end of the yeah that's i think that's a cool aspect is that the board grows as your game grows right so see i want when i play it i want to play the full experience i need to try the full experience at least once okay which means that we'll have to come into contact both of us with someone <laughs> so we can both get isolated <laughs> yeah that I, uh, can be done <laughs> no i'm sorry i almost I'm, put I'm this one on my list too did you but i it's figured very, i gotta yeah. i gotta do a, if i'm gonna do a eight hour game i should probably do twilight <laughs> imperium first to make ryan happy so that's true that's very true you are going with and the fact is too for Twilight Imperium, if we just had just the three, we could play a three-player game. It would only take like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the unicorns are at New York Zoo. Yeah, uh, no, cool. flamingo. That was my number nine. Flamingo Nepo. All right, number nine. Ian. Uh, Ian. Oh, it's me. Okay, I'll take this. Okay, first I got to talk about Ryan's collection. So. <laughs> We've now gone past. And this is hours. partially board game geek's fault, but Ryan, don't don't add expansions to your collection because you're just inflating the size. You're juicing it because with expansions, you're at like six hundred and something, but really you're at, according to this, three hundred and thirty-three. So you're just trying to make your expansion look or your collection look way bigger than it yeah, is. Yeah, is yeah he- that. That, that board game geek thing, I, I agree with you. Uh, is he doing Jersey Shore? Is he popping his collar for you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't like it that they include the um, expansions in your total game collection. That's a... It, oh, no, they shouldn't. They got to separate that somehow. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I got to filter it out whenever I do that. Yeah, I stopped adding it to my collection just because... So Ian's number nine was Ryan's collection gives him an eye twitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I picked um, Arkwright. Yes. Because I honestly oh. don't know much about it, but you guys talk about it all the time. And it sounds kind of paper money. Uh, spreadsheet, well, yeah, the I game. <laughs> but it sounds kind of juicy and heavy. And you like, like I... you, you, you've got some economic games in your collection that, yeah, this one could give some of those ones a run for their money for um, the, the economics mm-hmm. of the actual gameplay. Yeah. Oh, and it can be cutting. Like I'm telling you, you can tank someone's. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's cutthroat. Oh yeah, you, you could. Completely... That's a good economic. That's a good economic game yeah. if it's cutthroat, because that's yeah. what economics is. That's well, and, true. And and the successful part of the game is is that ability to potentially predict the volatility of the market compared to who's behaving in the market. Like it's. Mm-hmm. It's this whole Bruce Lee bend like a reed in the wind kind of thing sometimes. Yeah, because I'm a big fan of like power grid and container. And so I don't know if this is similar to those, but. Okay. Well, yeah, no, this is a different beast. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Are you referring to the setup, Ryan, or just, oh, sorry. Yeah, if you want to play yeah. this, let me know about a couple hours in advance. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got, you've got the- um, the well, I've, got, I've got the insert, I've got the insert now. Yeah. So a setup, it only takes now only like a half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I just about uh, hacked up a lung on that one. Um, so we're on to number eight for me. Uh, okay, so number eight's out of Ryan's collection. And, um, and uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the designer alone makes me makes me drawn to this. So uh, it is. Uh, let's see here. It's 2020. Uh, it's a brand not, new one. <laughs> yeah, because you don't. You're not big on the uh, culture. I'm, I, I don't. I don't have very many brand new games. No. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll do the uh, the design by Vitala Serta. Mm-hmm. And if it's 2020, you already know who the artist is. Mm-hmm. Ian O'Toole. Yeah. And uh, so what, the, what game am I talking about? The 2020 release was On Mars. Absolutely. Oh, right. I love me some Vital Lacerda. I love me some Efficiency Engine. I love um, the anything space is, is definitely going to peg on my charts. And um, uh, yeah, I, and I haven't, even, I haven't even looked into any of the how to play. Just, just on those few items alone my brain is completely drawn to this game and it's 8.3 if that means anything to anybody um it's just a to me it's like a very um you know highly uh, you know it's a, appeals to a lot of people this one i so i own i think i own now all the lacerda games except for kanban which is coming okay. to me very very soon um out of the ones this one is the heaviest, the most oh. complex one that I've that I've played. Like we played the, like we played the Gallerist. Yeah, um, I've played Vinos. I've yeah. played Lisboa. Have you played Lisboa? Me? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so, and like out of all of these ones, yeah, this one's got so many yeah. pieces. Well, to I the have, puzzle. I have Kanban, and I love Kanban because it just looks like this visual assault of choices and and and, and graphic arts and um on mars to yeah. me had this idea of wow there is so many things to choose because you're managing because you're managing you're managing things that are happening on the surface of mars as well as you also have to manage the things that are in the space yeah. stations orbiting mars as well sending things down Supply. to the surface and oh like i said i i could the, the teach on that one's going to be a long time. I'm just going to let you know that one. If you don't want to watch it, if you don't want to watch a video ahead of time, be prepared for a long one for the, for the teach. There's a well, lot of things well, going on. I, I am happy to, cause I, I, even if I play it once and then go, that was an assault on my brain and now I can, you know, work for NASA then. Okay. But I want to try it. So on Mars, Ryan's collection, that was my number eight. Okay, my number eight is in Ian's collection. I thought it was in Norm's too, but I didn't see it on your list. Um, there have been two editions of this game, and I think Ian owns the latest edition released in 2017, um, designed by Andrea Chiavazio and Luca Ianeco. Butchered it. Um, Ian has recently reviewed this game. And that is 
no Kingsburg. Idea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. I yep, I'll admit <coughs> I used I haven't to have played, it. Yeah, you're right. I haven't played Kingsburg. It seems like one of those things that I think I should have played by now in my board gaming career. Yeah, you like using dices. Yeah, I, I do. I, like I do love games that involve dice to take actions, and this one seems to be one of like the, the granddaddies. I think the first edition came out in two thousand seven. Yeah, and so um, I'm just going to leave it at that. If you want to know more about Kingsburg, go listen to our one of our past episodes. Ian did a very good review of it. That's I need time, to play it. Man. <laughs> yeah you do i think you'd like it oh yeah and yeah, it's not and, overly and the fact that you can split either. that you split that you can split the dice up yeah. yeah or you can combine them to take more powerful actions love it just yeah. gotta have it and there's a little bit of blocking in there if you're the turn ahead of the next person you oh, can sure see that is. they only have certain choices and you can so even if it's get, like i don't need that gold but i know you do <laughs> so get this one too so the description like they, they have those new little mini descriptions on yeah, board yeah. game geek yeah so for Kingsburg, it says, influence members of the King's Court to grow your province and prepare for battle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At the end <laughs> sounds, of like gonna, sounds like I'm going to get into a, like a minis game or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah. That's a, Ian, yeah, you, you did a great job kind of breaking that one down in the review. Cool. Ian, what's your number eight? All right. We're going to Norms. Ooh. And I'm also picking a Lacerda game. Ooh. Um, and I'm trying to think what other clues I can give. Uh, I think I already know what it is because Norm doesn't have that many science based. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I know already. It's CO2 There's a number in it, yeah. CO2. I have so the original, C- yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just intrigued by this game. Um, a game about global warming is interesting to me. I now is this can you tell me is this like a co-op or is it one of those weird semi-co-op it's the it, i think it was the beginnings of this idea of semi-cooperative right? right and 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 the idea of semi-cooperative in this game came about because of the fact that yeah it can be a competition but if you burn up the planet we all lose so it's this idea of we gotta make sure that that this one meter or like the yeah. ozone, I think it's the ozone meter, but I like to call it the burn up the planet meter that you have to keep those levels in check. Right. So it's yeah. not overly on the cooperative side then it's a little, well, it now comes down to this. I, I think I was playing a game with Dave and Dave was stepping on the gas and pushing these, pushing this meter up and, 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 I, of course, was thinking, what do you, dude, I mean, we're the game, we're all going to lose. So I started having to, you know, make decisions to help bring it down, which again happens. It was, it's a good simulation because there's countries that are like, we're, we're burning coal. Like it's going out of, you know, like it's coming out of the ground, countries. And there's some countries that are like, we are solar, we're geothermal, blah, blah, blah. And it's unless everybody gets on board it's it's gonna you know eventually everyone's gonna lose and i think that was the message that lacerda was trying to send out with the simulation and i believe he created the update because his his futuristic predictions when he designed the game um when it came time i think it was three years ago that he went i'm sorry i have to redesign this and i have to actually make these a little more accurate that 
we are not respecting what I thought we should have respected. And now it's looking a little more bleak, right? So I yeah. think that's the, the whole first gen, second gen. But yeah, it's... I think it's interesting that some designers can actually use the way that the game works to send a message. Like that's impressive. And actually that takes me back to the first game you mentioned, Norm, Village, where... There's definitely a little bit of a uh, critique on the medieval Catholic system with the way that that <laughs> process works. And if you play it, you'll see what I mean. You'll understand what I mean. I exactly There's people what you that mean. critique the Catholic system. Yeah. What? what? Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, CO2. I'm I'm definitely interested in trying that one out. Cool. cool. Yeah, I'd be happy to show you that. Absolutely. So we Sorry, are Norm. We're oh, this one. This one's out of. Uh, this one's out of Ian's collection. And um, this one, this one's going to round out my, now again, I'm not a collector type, <coughs> sorry. Um, but this will round out my trilogy. Um, this is, uh, when did it come out? 2009, uh, Bruno Catala, Ludovic Maublanc, oh. and um, uh, published by Matigo. Yeah, and set in ancient Greece. It might be, and it yes. might be mispronounced by about fifteen thousand people. Yeah, well, let's um, hear you say it. It's Cyclades, 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 <laughs> Cyclades. Um, uh, I tend to like the Cyclades. I don't know, just because you know, I don't know. I am that way, but um, I have uh, again another game, Kemet, Kemet, Kimet. Um, I have Kemet and uh, Inish. So yeah, okay. I, uh, I, I, both those, I mean, I, Kemet's like, like I froth for that one. And Inish, I'm just starting to, uh, uh, um, you know, get accustomed to it because I got it, for, you know, just before we had, like, we went into isolation. So it's just a matter of just reading the rule books and going, okay, I see where this DNA is common. So I heard you, I think you reviewed or you talked about, you yeah, I'm pretty sure I talked about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that uh, and of course, I mean the do the designers, the team, uh, the publisher. Check, 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 check. All positive checks. And I love um, the uh, mythology. I love I love the theme. So uh, and I understand there's some really cool minis in that one too. Yeah, it's a little less uh, focused on the fighting aspect than Kemet would be, mm -hmm. um, but it's got that the auction which is very integral to to what you want to do that's uh pretty cool and you can get really cutthroat yeah so. cool yeah so um that's my uh that's my number seven cyclades or cyclades or cyclades hmm. <laughs> all right ryan all right. okay mine's not as complicated to pronounce <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's Teotihuacan. <laughs> Teotihuacan. Um, so it's coming from Norm's collection. Oh, 2009 release. Oh. It's one that we've talked about lots, Norm, that I need to play because of, of the designer and my love for the designer of Vladimir Sushi. Mm. And it is the, um, it's Shipyard. Yeah. Oh, you the, keep pumping this one up. I like Vladimir Suchi's games. Like I really like Pulsar 2849. I really liked um, Underwater Cities. 
Um, and you say this one's got really interesting things with like a rondelle within a rondelle or like there's rondelles like everywhere oh, this in is, this game oh, and things are like things are in motion kind of like that yeah kind of like that zolkin type maybe type of feel of the future planning mm-hmm. and how things move around really sounds very interesting in it i even though i could get past the theme it probably could be set in space or something like that but uh <laughs> Um, I I could get I can get around that, or maybe the, it's Dragon Ball. Maybe maybe it could be Dragon Ball <laughs> themed. The yeah yeah I think you yeah you would I mean simply from the fact that you appreciate uh, what comes out of the designer's creative mind, um, this would definitely be even if it's just like a, a, an a, a investigative research into you know this guy's repertoire. I think I think you this will this will pick at your brain for a while because there's just so many systematic things that you can do with this interconnectedness of the rondelle system and then how it applies to the the ships that you're trying to build in your shipyard and of course the end of game goals I mean you know how Suchi works right there's there's you know choices upon choices and then you have to narrow that thing down as you're going through the game so yeah yeah if that's that's uh, if that's the designer that you're frothing on, then this is definitely where. Yeah, because he he's even got another to... one coming out this year yet, mm-hmm. sometime too. That's got some more interesting. I don't know. He's kind of like one of my designers that I've been really paying attention to Keeping lately, and this seems on. to be this seems to be like one of the earlier designs too. So absolutely. Yep. Shipyard. Cool. I want to try it. Ian, what's your number yeah. seven? Shipyard. Yeah, Shipyard does look interesting. Number seven. Let's go with. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, we've talked about this game a lot, so I'm not gonna uh, get too much on it. So I'm taking it from Ryan's collection. It's one that you guys have been bugging me to get. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know right away. <laughs> it involves superheroes. Man. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Marvel Hulk Champions, range. I got to give that a try. Actually, it could be either of the Marvel games, even though I borrowed one for like a month or two and didn't play it. But either <laughs> of the Marvel games, I would really fit. Yeah, no, you need you need some champions, man. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about champions any more than we've already um, yeah beaten no. to death on this show. Yeah, yeah. and no, positively, make, no, make not negatively. Games. I know this is a yeah this this makes every you know comic book fan giggle you get to you get to create your own narrative comic books right there i'll build you a deck ian and you can play it (laughs) and most of the time mine is spider-man gets beat up at school (laughs) yeah all right so all right norm number six number six is out of ryan's collection and 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 this one is i wanted to buy this one and ryan said wait play my copy before you decide Oh, all right. That, everyone oh, else. Con- I don't oh, know I remember having the, yeah, the designer conversation. Tommaso Battista and Simon Luciani. And it is a oh. 2019 release. And it is oh, which, which similar to Power Grid. Oh, nations vie for hydroelectric dominance yep. in a dystopic where a dystopia where water is power. So is it bad that I have so many small Luciani games that I didn't know who he was, what one he was talking about? At the beginning? <laughs> it's, it's barrage. Yeah, I barrage. I want to play barrage. Um, everything I've heard. Well, 
it's solo. Sorry, it's a blah. Okay, but um, uh, uh, everything about the the theme, the talk up, the the you know the pitch, um, the the mechanisms, everything all around that makes me intrigued so much so that I I want to sit down and I want I want to learn this game, and I want to play it with actual people other than <laughs> solo mode. <laughs> I'll jump um, in on this game. I like to play this game too. So yeah, am I, I remember am I correct yeah, I, to saying this is like a like a really cool version upgrade of Power Grid? See that when Ian was talking to me about this one a long time ago too, he's like, "What is it compared? What can you compare it to?" I was like, "I want to compare it to Power Grid. I've never played Power Grid, oh. but but um, I can see the kind of the thematic connections. But now that the gameplay is probably quite a bit different." From 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 that, so um, yeah, it looks wise, yeah, theme wise, it, it has this thing where you're you got to like connect power from here on the board over here or something. Yeah, and then, and then the way the water flows yeah. and the the where where it's going to get trapped if it gets trapped into your dams, or is it the other players' dams that it gets trapped into, and then it gets converted into electricity over in somebody else's converters and. And I understand this is, I, I think, I can't remember. I think it was, uh, it was uh, Rob um, uh, that uh, uh, had mentioned it's, uh, it's all about efficiency. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because when you I, I build mean, something, when you build something, you have to, it has like one of those like compass rose wheels where you put all your resources into it and then it takes time for them to create the, say, the dam or okay. the power structure and once it gets all the way around now you get to put your structure out onto the board and now you get those resources back to possibly go into building it again so there's there's a time efficiency as well to this not just the resource management efficiency cool 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 so yeah barrage i do want to play barrage this episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge right here in Saskatoon. Using industry-leading technology, Breakout Escape's escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. All right, Ryan, what's uh, what's up? Okay, my number six is coming from Ian's collection. <laughs> he has actually already mentioned this game kind of <laughs> off the cuff in this episode so far. And it is another one of these games that it is a newer edition that he bought. And uh, it's, it's the 10th anniversary jumbo edition oh, yeah, yeah. of this game. And uh, it's Container. Uh, I, I like, if you guys don't know, I like economic euros. Or I just like games based on economics. And this one really fits the bill. And I've... I've kind of just missed out on those game nights that were uh, from before when, uh, when you would play, when you would play this. And I, it just, just so happens that you played these on nights that I was like, oh, just couldn't do it tonight or just couldn't make it out. And yeah, I really, really want to play it because this is a very player driven 
economy. So. Yeah. And I really that I really like that. So that is why it's number six. Uh, it's creeping up on the list that I just need to play this one. Yeah, I think you'd like it. Definitely. What's the what's the thing that appeals the most to you about this one, Ian? It, like Ryan just said, it's very player driven. Like it's it's an economy, but it's the economy doesn't happen if the players don't decide what happens. Cool. And so it's yeah, it's so the speculation is all based on the interest that of the players playing at the time. Yeah, the players get to set their prices for what they're selling, right? And they get to set their prices and they have to adjust it based on what's oh, cool. actually selling and what's not. And and then the yeah. is the board seated or like how does this like the, the obviously the economy is shipping containers, right? Right. And so there's a there's like processes they have to go to before you get them and then yeah. you've got to you have to like is go it to people's places and pick up pick and delivery? Up. No, not or is really. It, or is it more like uh it's just buying like and barrage selling. where you're processing something? Yeah. Okay. Basically. Cool. Oh, right on. But there's an auction mechanic too that that adds quite a bit as well. Cool. I think yep. th I think those are always anything economics is always going to be tied with an auction element. I Seems think. that way, yeah. Yeah. All right, Ian, what's your okay? Name? I'm taking this from Ryan's. It looks like it was 2018. Oh, so an old one for it's Ryan. An old, it's an oldie. <laughs> <laughs> In Ryan's uh, collection years, that's like 20 years old, man. It's like suburbia, but with more pencils. Ryan, do you know what I'm talking about? Suburbia with more pencils. My game collection is so huge. What? Uh, Suburbia with pencils. Really? It's a game called Welcome to. Oh. So. Well, uh, yeah. yeah good, with good. pencils. I get it now. I, I, I get it now. I was like, <laughs> what tile laying with? <laughs> I was dumbfounded. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah you know, you're like actually. You would right really back. like this one. Yeah. You would really like this one. Yeah, because everyone's got their own little um, paper board that you're drawing on, and yeah, you're making your own town. And I don't know, it yeah, seems yeah. interesting. It's three three cards get flipped up every uh, every turn, and you get to pick which of the three cards you're going to use to draw in on your into into your neighborhoods. Okay. And the great one about this one is that you can. The, the the number of players playing the game is limitless. Like you're only you're only limited to the number. Of, I think yeah, <laughs> which is because you, there's 99 pieces of paper in the stack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just yeah. a one and done game. You got 99 people. Yeah. And now your game's just yeah exhausted. Uh, and there's so many uh, there's so many uh, expansion themes. Like there's a Las Vegas. There's a Halloween and. There's a Halloween, there's an Easter one, there's yeah. a Christmas one, there's yeah. a zombie apocalypse one. Yeah. No, they, they they took well advantage of uh of the mechanism they created. Or you can be like me, and now Jen and I have it uh we have the app on our iPads <laughs> yeah. that keep that keep track of the keep instead of drawing on a physical paper, you're just drawing on your iPad. Yeah. Okay. It's essentially what you're doing. So we're saving up our saving up our sheets for when we actually have people over cool <laughs> yeah yeah right. welcome to that's a great pick right on mm -hmm. all right so uh my number five i'm gonna say my number five is our first crossover oh it's on I'm both just, of our lists number five no it's someone mentioned picked oh someone picked it right 
Um, and the cool thing is, is how close of this pick it was. It's from Ian's collection and it is container. Ah, <laughs> nice. Which is why I kept asking questions because I'm like, I might as well ask you now because it's going to come in about 45 seconds. Um, Perfect. Yeah, no, for everything that Ryan talked about and everything that you mentioned, Ian, that's why I'm so driven to to like play this game. And the yeah. fact that it it the 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 demand created a 10th anniversary edition, right? So it's like, okay, let's and, now, like, and now the 10th anniversary edition you can't find anymore. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like, all right, I would like to see what's going on with this game. So for everything that was mentioned, yes, container number five moving on ryan okay my number five is in norm's collection <gasps> and it's a game that i've always seen on the shelf at the stores at both dragon's den and at amazing stories and i know nothing about this game other than i like the theme and i like what i've heard about it and that is it's designed by xavier george in 2009 and it's Carson City. Yeah. Some small seems, town building. Yeah, it seems really, really... I don't know anything else. I don't know how the game plays. So, I've okay, just, so... Okay, go for it. That's the pull. What else was the pull? Mm -hmm. The theme, the Western? Yeah. The, the fact that it has this massive big box edition <laughs> that I must have had a whole bunch of other stuff added into it. Like, for me, like, bigger is better of obviously right deluxified right? <laughs> let's refer to our deluxified episode um uh, <laughs> now i've never played kalis and i've heard people say that it's very kalis like in mm. the worker placement selection down the the little road right um and it's work i mean you'll love it worker placement um it's tile laying it's town building it's uh, uh adjacency uh, um, connectedness where some things will score bigger if they're adjacent to other things you can't the player interaction is that you, I mean if you both want to pick a tile and you both put your worker there then you're going to have a shootout right mm, over yes. over the tile selection right I mean usually it's like you know every worker placement you block the person no not in this one you want it's if it's a if it's a double worker placement then you got a shootout and 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 um, there's some so how does that work I might as part. well, I'm just going to, I'm just going <laughs> to jiggle my uh, list here. So I might as well say that and move this down. Cause I also picked Carson city from. Okay. Well let's talk. Um, so let's keep it. Let's keep the convo going. So, so, so it's all about this resource, right? So, so to answer your question on how do you have a duel? Well, you have bullets right now. It's what I hate the most is that whole player elimination or that, that I suffer deeply suffer a loss, right? So if you lose this duel, you don't lose your your dude, right? You're, it comes back to your pool. And because typically at the end of at the end of that that um, that turn, all of the the workers that you have go back to the pool and you have to, you know, reemploy these cowboys to work for your ranch to help develop your town, right? So right. Um, the duel is just part of the resource process where you might have at the beginning of the round, you select a character very much like Puerto Rico, right? Where everyone who in a different initiative order gets to select a different player power and they have that player power for the round. And some player powers might be, you know, extra bullets or extra, you know, advantages during conflicts. Um, some might be resources, right? I mean, just like that whole idea in Puerto Rico where, 
where some roles have different uh, um, player boosts kind of thing. And um, as you're going, when, and when you act, so you do your player selection on this road that has all these different things you can do. And then like Kalis, you start at the back and you start to work your way down and, and activate all of these uh, um, uh, uh, worker placement spots. And as you go to the end of the road, that triggers the end of that round. You go back, you reset things. And basically, you're trying to get these tiles to build your village. And, and yeah, it's delicious. You guys would love it. How thematic is it? How much of a Western does it feel like? Thematic to the sense that the, the tiles that represent the buildings that you can build are very um, connected to what one would think as, you know, little dust, dirt bowl, uh, Western town build, right? You'd have your saloons, you have your, your, your jail, you have, you know, your little church and you have, if the church is by some, some uh, um, houses, then it, ha it scores more points because you're building a community of the faithful, right? Um, uh, the ranches have to be away from everything or else it's not a ranch, right? I mean, um, there's, I mean, like in any game, it, as, as much theme is built in is as much theme as you want to believe is there, right? But they do a good job to have, I like to refer to it, those cognitive cues that you'll go, well, yes, of course, this has to exist in this world. Yes, of course, this has to exist in this world, right? Okay. Um, and they make a pretty good job on, uh, on, on, on making that connection, you know, pretty tight. Now, it's been a long time since, I mean, there's probably other games that have re-implemented this stylistic mechanism and probably have done it better, but, you know, got to dance with the one that brought you. This is, this is one of those early ones that is awesome. I like to take a think that it's happened now twice that we are all kind of on, we are kind of like the same <laughs> ideas that we are picking some of the similar, we have huge collections and we've already done it twice yeah where yeah. uh that i think that's i think that's quite marvelous back that to back. we have been that's we've done it we've been able to do that cool well okay. yes i'll definitely uh i'll definitely be happy to show you guys this game we're Sweet. into the number four and number, number four. four um you both have it but you have different versions of it and mm -hmm. coming back coming back to ryan's deluxified statement oh. Um, this one is Lacerda, and this one is all about wine. Ambrosia, all about the wine, and this one's Vinos. Um, yep. I love the theme. Viticulture is one of my favorite ones, but I'm thinking this is gonna be. A, this one would be a more a thematic heavy, thick Euro. Like mm -hmm. we're gonna get into the details of of a vineyard and the details of the wine business and i think i'm i'm right in making those assumptions and uh, and right in making the assumption that the design quality is going to totally be there and i like the fact too that this one also has a kind of like a mini game built into it with the wine fair so not only are you just kind of oh, growing yeah. the wines cool. and selling them or trading them but you're also entering wines into a kind of like a festival and you're going to get points but you're going to get wine festival point that will eventually convert into game points cool but yeah i really like that aspect of the game it's pretty cool now i'm okay with playing 
either version because I mean Lacerda is Lacerda. His it's not like one's going to outplay the next. I think they'll be different. Well, the first the to my version, yeah. to my my it has the original 2010 rules. Oh, okay. And on the other side of the board is the new 2016 rules. Yeah. Now, if I were to pick the 2010 rules, are where it's at because yeah. it's a much tighter. Um, game. I, I believe I believe that same application was done to CO2, where you can play the old rules rather than play the new set of rules on the new board kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, no, okay. I totally want I totally want some of this game. So Venus number four, Ryan. Cool. Perfect. Okay, my number four. It's in both of your guys's collections, <laughs> and you folks have talked about it a lot, and I really need to play it. It's no ranked number 51 overall on Board Game Geek. And this is it Robinson Crusoe oh, Adventure oh, okay. on the Cursed Island. Oh, I was totally caught off guard. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's it's an adventure type of game where your survival, the theme works, there's multiple scenarios to play through. I forgot you had this solo, one. cooperative. You, you you name it, it just seems to check off lots of boxes. You guys have talked about it a lot. And it's hard. <laughs> and it's one of those ones that, you know what? I'm surprised that I have not played it. I need to play this one. That's why it's in the top five here. It's number four, Robinson Crusoe. Ian, you you yeah. give us some uh, you give us some talk about Robinson. Yeah, it's good with two players too. That's that's a good thing about it. It's um so like, you know, if ever we were to play games again ryan <laughs> someday <laughs> right that would be a good one for just the just the two of us to try on those on those days but um uh it's it really does feel like a stuck on a deserted island type game like it really fits that theme really well it's got the exploration aspect it's got the survival aspect it's got everything i like the future consequences aspect to some of those that cards great. yeah <laughs> yep I want yeah. to play that one. Right on. Ian, number four. All right. Let's see. Okay, so this one's from Ryan's collection. But I don't I don't know if I've ever heard him talk about it. Oh, he's talked um, about Dragon Ball a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, this one, I, I, we got to get your thoughts on this, Ryan, because I don't know where this com even come from. Uh, Targi? No. Ooh. Have you ever mentioned that one? Before? I don't think he's. I don't think he's mentioned Targi that much. No. No. It's a, it's a very underrated, unknown game. Yeah. So, anyway, does Ryan's it play two player? On, I'm thinking it plays two player. He's been going on about Targi for a while, and so that's intrigued me enough that I do want to give it a go. So, Kim, Kim would really enjoy it. Yeah, probably. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Put put it put it under the Christmas tree this season. <laughs> yeah, I have Targi. I, I mean, everything that you said in in you I mean you did a you did talked about it. You did a review about it. Uh, I think you talked. Ian, about you don't expansion. even need to play it ahead of time. Just go on it blind. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna be disappointed. Oh yeah, that's no, a fun that game. Once. Absolutely. Cool. <laughs> cool. We're we're at we're at number three now. Top three. Top three. Well, this top this one. I, and this is one of those, I don't know why I don't have it. Um, this is from Ryan's collection. Uh, this is a Rosenberg. Uh, this is a polyomino thing. Mm -hmm. And this is requires a four by 10 table. <laughs> and it's a feast for Odin. 
it's a feast all right yeah i i'm i mean i'm i love everything rosenberg um and i like the the puzzles i like the theme um i mean right there ryan you fill in the blanks for for anyone um, who's interested in feast for odin ap inducing <laughs> <laughs> it has so right off the get-go choices do you have like there are so it's a worker placement game yeah and there are 36 action spots that you can assign your workers to and they it's all do something they're kind of clumped into zones so they're kind of like yeah similar things but they all do something different for you yeah and it all depends on how you want to tackle your game so that's why it has much like a agricola it has these occupation type of cards which will kind of lead you down mm -hmm. kind of give you a kind of something to focus on because there is so much to do in the game you need um, a thread to follow yeah yeah so it kind yeah. of gives you some ideas of what you can do kind of better now throughout the your gameplay the only thing that intimidates me is the teach, which is taken care of by you, right? Mm -hmm. um, and as far as understanding, I mean, like like the Suchi, right? I'm, um, I, I, it's not going to take me much to figure out what he's trying One, as a designer trying to communicate to me. Yeah, after after I would say about two rounds, uh, you you would have the flow, and I would say we would play through two rounds and then just reset the game right back to the square one because then you're like. Okay, 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 I, I know what I need, I, yeah, okay, I need cool. to know what to do yeah. um, right, right from the get-go. Yeah, the really kind of cool thing is that the, the game you start with like a bazillion negative points <laughs> and how you're going to score points is by being able to cover up uh, yeah, those negative points with the polyomino yeah. tiles. Yeah, okay. And then cool. once you're kind of like you got your main board, then you can go out and explore islands that have negative points all over them. And it's from what I understand too. Yeah, it's kind of like pick something and yeah. go with it. Are you going to be all about like breeding animals? Or are you going to be all about pillaging and raiding? Are you going to be sailing to other islands? Are you, oh, what do you, yeah. what do you want to do? Yeah. I, I, I want I so want to play this game. Cool. It is a table hog. <laughs> cool. A feast for Odin. Ryan, what's your number three? Number three is a little, um, known uh solo game that is in norm's collection that i had at one point and then i traded it away because the trade was too good to pass down pass <laughs> off and now i want to play it again and that's mage knight oh. by vlada shavatl people talk about it like it's like the greatest solo game of all time and i'm really kicking myself for trading it away but i did get a pretty good um like a imperial assault deal from that one, and yeah. I, I like Star Wars, so yeah, uh, it was well, kind of. And an I easy have it, so, yeah. And you have it, so I'm yeah. going to definitely try it. Try yeah. it out. I'm not yeah. going to talk about much. This, I mean, it's it's basically a dungeon diver exploration done with a Euro card system, mm -hmm. and and. I mean, the good thing it's a solo game because you talked about AP inducing. There's times where I've sat down with my card try, and looking at the map puzzle, trying to figure out how am I not going to get completely decimated, right? Hmm. What, what's, what's the, where do I go, I, right? Hmm. And there's times yep. where I'll just stand there for 15 minutes going, no, no, maybe, <laughs> maybe, no, no. Hit, I hit, think the, I had a hit the reset button. Hit oh, yeah. The reset button. <laughs> yeah. It's hit like, the reset button. Yeah. 
my eye just kind of rolled into the back of my skull <laughs> um, in a good way, in a totally good way. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, this is, this is one of those, it's like a, get yourself, get your brain on, brain thinking cap on. Cause there's a lot of cognitive load with this one. Right. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Mage Knight. I want to play it. Good pick. Ian. Ian. Okay. So this one's coming from Norm's collection. And I know that Norm is a fan of The Expanse. <laughs> and so this isn't The Expanse, but it's something similar. What? From not that long ago, 2018. And it's called Space Corp. Oh, GMT. So 2025. When yeah. this came out, I, I had thought about like... I thought about picking this one up, but I just didn't know how often I'd be able to play it. What really intrigues me, so it's a space exploration game, but what intrigues me is that it goes through an advancement of boards, right? Mm-hmm. So you're... Very you similar start... to the colonists, where you face to face to face. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're starting like in the... Like Earth, yeah. right? And the, yeah. the planets around Earth, and they spread out to the further solar system, and then you... Do you spread out beyond the solar system? The generational speaking, the 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 more your let's say global intelligence and 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 progress progress goes, that's as you know as you keep flipping the boards, and with that you keep researching and exploring the deeper parts of space, and and I mean, at, like the first board you're dealing with you know, understandable numbers, understandable distances. I mean, as, as crazy as these distances are, but yeah. as you get into the deeper games, it's like, okay, this mission is going to take me eight years or, you know, there's just this exponential component to, to the time and the resources that it just, it just becomes, you know, balancing uh, um, equations kind of thing. But that being said, the theme is applied so delicately and so refined wise that they with their experience because their gmt is a war gaming company right yeah so they take they take their knowledge base and they've created this understandable thematic interpretation of of systems they are really good at right um, in regards to that chit system and and the, you know the graphs and the looking if i need to do this i got to do this and this and this there is some randomness because you're exploring space and you flip a, you know, a chit over and it's like, oh, that's not what I need. But okay, I have to learn how to take this and make it work, right? Um, as far as that puzzle goes, I think, yeah, yeah. And again, this is one of those. Don't recommend playing it more than solo because um, it, it, it'll be like, okay, someone pet got like catatonic on me because they're <laughs> thinking about their turn, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, if the theme interests you and and the obvious pedigree um, behind the the publishing company as far as their legitimacy into you know this is going to be a deep game or you know this is be like make sure you read this rule book make sure you understand what you're doing now here we go right yeah because I'm a big science fiction fan so I think that it definitely yeah. intrigues me. Yeah. See, and I also have uh, Leaving Earth, which is which is another 
number cruncher. I mean, I, I've heard some people call Leaving Earth Calculator the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is out of the two, I think I have more preference to uh, Space Corp than I, than I do to the other. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Whenever, will... whenever people say the name, I always think it says Space Court. It's <laughs> <laughs> also be a really cool game. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we're on number two. Number, number two. two. There, there's a joke there, isn't there? Stop, Norm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, this one's coming from Ian's collection. And um, it satisfies the need for a 4X game, but doesn't take all day. Okay, so are we talking... We're talking Eclipse. Space, are we talking C? We're talking Eclipse. I yeah, want to okay. play some Eclipse. Um, I've played um, TI4, right? And you've enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed it. I think I played it three times. And I've enjoyed it, except for... Nobody at the table understanding that they should never trust Ryan. <laughs> Adam, Adam, I got your back, buddy. Um, and uh, But Eclipse, I've heard so many people say the same itch gets scratched, but you don't have eight-hour investment in it. So uh, I like, games I love Sandbox. Take, games can still take a little bit of time. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're not, it's not the time commitment of a Twilight Imperium. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, but uh, yeah, and I and twi see, and Twilight Imperium isn't really sandboxy because you have objectives. Everyone's targeting objectives that are presented at the board. Where Eclipse, I've heard that it's very much like Western Legends, uh, where it's it's a set, it's a sandbox thing. It's like you want to do this, go do this. You want to do that, go do that. Now, yeah, again, you really got to play to your your race's um, ability. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, the best of, to the best possible. Now, there's Ian. a euro based yeah. uh there's a euro based economic system i guess you could say that i think you would find intriguing okay um and you have to like explore in order to build your economy and mm -hmm. yeah i think you i think you like appreciate and i that really aspect. like the i really like the building of your ship that's mm -hmm. that's really really kind of fun too yeah. cool cool so yeah eclipse i totally want some of that space Space fun. Ryan. Okay. So my number two was going to be leaving Earth, Norm, but then <laughs> I realized that that would have had more games from Norm's list than uh, from Ian's list. Well, thanks so for the balance, mention. Hurt. So, the, so to balance it out, this is from Ian's list, and this is a game that I can't believe that I haven't played, and we've already mentioned that I need to play this game. It's a Friedman Freeze classic from 2004. Mm which is barrage power like? grid or very barrage like <laughs> yeah um and I, I i still can't believe to this day i haven't played power grid yeah and me neither so that, i keep thinking that we have played it before but I guess uh, so. yeah no and i'm just gonna leave it at that it's very um one of those quintessential probably a, a quintessential euro based economic uh, uh game it's very classic in design a lot of people it gets compared to lots of things or things are compared to it yeah and yet and, it's still very much its own game like it's it's very power grid like there's not a whole lot of other games that no can be uh, that are power grid no that's, that's for sure it's, and yeah it, it, it breaks it's only because in english power grid does not start with an f but apparently in uh german 
whatever the German pronunciation of power grid is starts with an F. So it does keep his um, F titles of his games in line. But yeah, I want to play power grid. It's other than other than my number one game that I need 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 to play. We're gonna play that game first, and then we're gonna come back and play power grid. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Ian, round out okay. this number two. Number two is from Norm's list. And it's not a game I would have thought of if it weren't for Norm. So it's me that I want to try this one. Um, and it has one of the best mustaches in all games. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Hansa Teutonica. Oh, yeah. So, mm, yeah Hansa. You've intrigued me. I'm in. It's you just the about worst game board so game much. cover in the world. <laughs> yeah. I don't even really know what it's about or how it plays other than what you've mentioned here and there, but I'm intrigued. Uh, I want to give it a go. I, See what the fuss is about. I have no problems talking up this game. This is, this is the granddaddy of network building games. Like uh, El Grande is the granddaddy of area, uh, you know, area control games. This thing has networking figured out in in a, a beautiful beautiful cube pushing no color <laughs> to the board bland i, I don't I, I think i think the brown is but i think ian bland brown yeah i think what ian would be really drawn to this game is the uh the player interaction the displacement of the, of the displacement and the and the moving of the pieces around yeah. i think that's what's really going to yeah. draw ian into this game is that that's uh, it, so... it's, it's, de it's definitely not multiplayer solitaire. You have to be paying attention to what other people are doing, and you're going to screw people over. And well, but it's, it's I I've never I've never considered it screwing people over because it's it's part of that game where it's it's you 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 get in the way. That's part of the strategy of the game. Is I'm oh you want to finish this route? Oh my dude is right there. And, and I know for a fact that if you really want this, you're going to have to displace me, which means I get a free move in an adjacent road, right? So you're basically looking at the guy going, you want to finish it, boot me out, or go focus somewhere else, right? And, 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 a, and a beautiful part of that game is if that's your strategy and you're not getting bumped out, well, there's a, a move, a helicopter move where you can just get rid of pieces. So there could be like who 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 passive aggressively is going to wait the next guy out right and these little battles all over the board in control of networks oh mm -hmm. so delicious yes 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 i will show you this in a heartbeat all right hansa teutonica yeah. okay norm what is the number one game that you want to play from our collections now i'm i'm not cheating because it's I already kind of, know I it's already kind know. of the same game, yeah. But it's got two different shells. Pick mine. <laughs> it's better. Well, <laughs> if if we if we request this this idea of well hierarchy wise, you have to play this one timeline because it came out first. That is Terra Mystica Gaia Project. I've heard. I, I pick mean, mine. I, yeah. Pick mine first. <laughs> um, Either or, I don't care. I I so want to play Terra Mystica, and start I start with Terra Mystica. Yeah, I mean, one is fantasy uh, realm, and the other is a science uh, realm, and both themes appeal to me at the same level. Um, 
the efficiency part of, of both appeals to me the same level. Now I've often heard people get into arguments about which one's better, you know, Gaia Project or Terramistica. A lot of people say that Gaia Project is a streamlining and a and it and it and it trims the sure. corners off of Terramistica. Other people say those corners need to be there, right? So that's why I'm putting this out there for both of you guys. Yeah, Terramistica, you want to play Terramistica first. I'm going to put it that right there. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. Now, again, I've never seen so much, so much, tr so many trees sacrificed to the components of a game like Terra Mystica. I think, <laughs> I think that's basically a, a, you get a Home Depot card when you buy that game. <laughs> it's a box is pretty full. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, that's my number one is Terra Mystica and Gaia Project. Good choice. Sweet. Good choice. Yay. So my number one, both of you own this game. So just fulfilling my requirement of e keeping it equal. <laughs> Even Steven. <laughs> Even Steven. But you guys talk about this game a lot. I think I know which it's, is. It's Jenga. A G it's, a G <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a GMT game. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, all yeah. about the description. An ice age approaching, which animals will best propagate, migrate, and adapt? You got to dominant species. Dude. Yeah, dominant species. I've never played it, and again, it's just one of those ones again that Ian. Uh, it's just never worked out for me attending the same game night, but uh, it checks off lots of things. Even though people say people out there say that I'm not a fan of GMT games, I think this is the one that would bring you in, bring bring me into the mold. Yeah, though Ian. I did like that. I did like that deck builder GMT game that we played that one night. I can't remember what it was called, but I think I do remember one that I really that, liked. Ian, you 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 talk up dominant species. Yeah, yeah, it's a. I mean, the problem is that we don't play it very often because it's a longer game. Um, but it's. Yeah, I'm not it's, one to shy away from long games. No, that's true. You're not. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's, it's take that. It very much fits the evolution theme. Like you, <sighs> it really is a survival of the fittest game. And I think you'd like the worker placement aspect to it and how you really got to think of where you're, where you're actually placing your action pawns. And I think mm -hmm. math guy would like the order of operations in relation yeah. to the worker placement. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it very much. Cause you got to think about who's doing what before you and who's doing what after you. So you can plan your. And what action proceeds or, you know, follows mm -hmm. the next two. Cause it's like, yeah. mm -hmm. Now, he might be doing this, but predation, uh, wait till the spiders come out, baby, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, Brian, yes, yes. Yep. So, in order, I want to play Dominant Species first, and then we'll play um, Twilight Imperium <laughs> <laughs> and the Colonists. There you go. There's like three weekends right there. There's a, yeah. <laughs> Making up for isolation oh. in a big way. <laughs> All right, Ian, take us, okay. take us home. Well, I'm not as diplomatic, so this one's from Ryan's list, but it is <laughs> one. I'm out here. But it, but it is one that Norm has already mentioned. Ooh, crossover. So, yeah, it is. Okay, Norm, I'm going to make you guess. So, which one did you mention that you think I'm going to mention? Ah, uh, let me look at, and it's from Ryan's from list. Ryan's hey? collection. Uh, I'm I'm only looking at on Mars. No, it's not that one. No, uh, barrage. Or no, Feast for I, Odin. It's Feast for Odin. Is it Feast for Odin? Mm. I really want to give that one a go. 
I've been thinking about getting that one for a while. I just haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. It's um, a beefy game, and it carries a heavy price tag too. It's an investment. It is, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I just think it looks really good. Um, but then at the same time, I don't really know much about it. So yeah. So like, but, it's just that at that you would like. You you would like that there's so many things that you can do. See, that's what I think. That's what I think I would like. And do you want to go the more resource management route? Do you want like like I said, like there's there's so many different strategies that you can that you can go with in this game. So uh yeah, and and the gameplay length for the the size of the game, it's only like a 90-minute game. Oh, really? And in, in, in the end. So um and it's one of those games too, you get you as the game progresses, you just get more actions. Like at the end of like the next round, you're going to get a worker. Oh, and then two more rounds. Oh, you're going to get another. So you kind of get more workers as the game progresses. You don't get any more action spots. There's already 36 to begin with, but you just kind of, you get more workers to do things with as it goes on. So there we go. So I think, so there's another game that all three of us could play because we're all interested in it. So I think we got our 2022 planned. Yeah, <laughs> we've got our next game again. Three years of gaming done, figured yeah. out, planned out. Cool. And well, lots of these games that we mentioned weren't like brand brand new games. Like lots of them are older mm-hmm. uh, titles that really intrigued us. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, like Zolkin Village. Oh, yeah, I have, yeah, you're right. I have some, I have some background stuff going on in my list. Cool, cool. So, um. I had a lot of fun with this topic. Uh, it, it was great. Having I'm, at, uh... I'm very depressed now because I know I'm not going to actually get to play these ones for a bit. Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't want to bring that. We just got to think positively. We got to think optimistically. It's like, okay. Can I play any of these games online? Yeah. Uh, there's a few. Yeah. yeah. There's a few. Uh, Targi can play online. I don't know. Have we talked about Targi much? <laughs> have we talked about marvel champions oh yeah that would be, that'd be fun online all right cool well we're getting uh, of course let's wrap this up we're getting to that time where we're going to say thank you very much for following us through our little journey of uh, each other's collections and uh very happy to uh to present these ideas and games to everybody um i'm your host norm i'm ryan i'm ian And we'll catch you later. This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course... Board Game Geek, Guild number 3039.